Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 214. Glad you could join us. we got a good mix of topics coming up here, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell. I am Soraya Zell, and I um, I just got home. I was driving for forever, or at least it seemed like forever. So Where were you, you at? Know. Uh, Like 1,100 miles round trip, so lots of fun. Do you mind me asking where you went? Why do you want me to tell you where I went? Just just curious. I don't want to tell you where I Fine, went. Fine, whatever. All right. Bait, you're up, man. Yeah, man. What's up? I'm Bait, and uh, I am a, a genuine certified Florida man. And we got Mr. National Security Zell over here. <laughs> Can't let the Google get to him. They're always watching. If we say it in a podcast and host it They're somewhere online, know. they will know uh, yep, where he that's went. Right. <laughs> All right, Jay, you're up, man. Hey guys, it's Jay. Uh, I am uh, not a Florida man, nor am I a Georgia man or a Texas man anymore, or Washington man. I'm actually a Michigan man. So you may refer to me as the Motor City Madman, at least in my head. So, uh, yep, that's me. Uh, I'm a gamer. I'm also one of the purveyors here of the uh, Biomass Media Empire. And I've got my co pilot again tonight. Go ahead, say hi. Hello. And that was, uh, that was Ripper, uh, my. Uh, my, my protege slash spawn. <laughs> Good to hear from him again. All right, Libby, you're up. Oh, you guys are killing me. Uh, my name is Libby, uh, blogger, commentator, etc. All right, sounds good. And I'm Pokey Draven. I help host the show here. And I have successfully beaten Arc-Tempered Valhazak in Monster Hunter World. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I, I assume that's important. That's a that's an important and hard thing. Right? Like it, it really is. Yeah, it's uh... okay. I like that. <laughs> All right. So starting at the top here, uh, Livy, you you pulled one on the Livy. We got to give her props here. She put something on the show notes. So we're going to put her on the spot. spot. Oh, stop it! And make her make her do it. So what's going on with Halo and the industry's obsession with trying to translate video games into movies and TV shows? Well, I know I know it's been years in the conversation of making a Halo uh, TV adaptation, uh, but Microsoft and Showtime are officially working together to make one for Halo, um, set to start. Uh, they're going to start making it in 2019, um, but the director is the same one from Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and he's working with uh, one of the top creative directors that uh, was on Mind Games. I don't know if you've ever seen that series. I haven't heard of it since or until last week, but it's not bad as I hear. Isn't that a game show or like one of those? Uh... I thought so too, but it's actually another like drama series called Mind Games. Huh. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> So now you said TV series. What what uh, what outlet is it going to be on? Uh, it's going to be on Showtime. Okay, so sort of games of Game of Thronesy, maybe. Or, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, one, I'm I'm um, wondering how they're going to do it, but I'm pretty sure with working with the guy from the Planet of the Apes, it's going to be pretty, you know, theatrical. Yeah, well, I, and no, babe, don't get me wrong. The only reason I'm I'm asking, I'm just trying to figure out kind of the like sort of the tone and the budget that they might be working with. Uh, because I, I mean, if you read any, like, if you get into any of like the Halo lore stuff, I mean, they're you know, they do kill a lot of people, <laughs> and, no, and not for the aliens doing it either. No, and, and I think it, it going to Showtime, or I mean, you know, even if it went to one of these other um, uh, uh, paid cable outlets, I guess, if you will, 
Um, I, I think it's good for the series. I mean, I, this is something, as Libby said, that we've talked about doing for years and years. Um, it's gone through a lot of different directors uh, in the river mill. I mean, do you remember that the, that short that those two shorts from Neil Blomkamp that mm-hmm. he did that were in the Halo universe? Those were like if it like I thought that was phenomenally good. I thought those oh, were yeah. really the uh, they've they've had a few like uh, short films or short take stuff. A couple of them are really good, uh, not just his that that have uh, captured live action. You know mm-hmm. the uh, kind of the Halo world. Uh, and you, you can find them out there. I mean, they're they're not that hard to find. Like I said, some of them are really good. I would be kind of interested to see how they're going to do this, only because, uh, like, like a lot of video games, kind of like this. There's there, there's a lot of big, huge, like really cinematic sort of uh, pieces involved in it. Uh, it's kind of hard. you can't do like a small, tight, gritty story of Halo and then make that work. You know what I mean? <sighs> There, I might have to disagree. I bet you could. Okay, name me one thing from the game you think that that would fit with, from any of the games. You could you could do a a side story that was kind of set loosely um, within the the realms of the uh, of of the Reach game, if you will, where it's not following, where it's following a specific squad, uh, right? Where it's not this over this you know long drawn out plot um say if you if you centered it around master chief um personally i don't think that setting this the the story around master chief is the way to go um i think people are uh people are, are used to that i guess you uh you could say but then i mean bringing it to showtime you're going to get a lot of people who aren't excuse me necessarily halo fans so i mean that that would be everybody knows master chief if you you know if you're um uh, e- even in the the entertainment culture, um, in, in any kind of degree, uh, I feel like so. Uh, that might be the way that they go, but there are certainly a lot of other things that you could uh, draw inspiration from without um, w- without having to do terribly too much setup. I I, uh, I think, but maybe I, that's I would offer the this. I I give you I give you three things. One, uh, if if it's a Halo anything and Master Chief ain't in it. That's a problem. Uh, and two, if I were going to pick a movie out that any Halo offering would most remind me of, it'd be something like Saving Private Ryan. You know, I mean, because it's all about battles. I mean, yeah. you think about it, Halo is all about battle scenes. And that's what I was kind of getting at. Okay. Yeah. Imagine like the hard home scene, but like every episode is kind of what you're having to kind of, almost every episode. Mm-hmm. Number three, I think it depends on what where in the timeline I'll, I'll grant you this like if you like so, some of the backstory like the novelization stuff was wickedly good mm-hmm. like yes. and it goes deep deep into the timeline before like the like the original halo game um there's there's some of it that could be pretty good because the, the spartans were around for a while doing stuff prior to you know the the flood become you know us becoming aware of the flood Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to that movie Soldier, the um, the it was uh, kind of we talk about it's kind of like loosely linked to Blade Runners like that, and uh, it, it's that that movie with uh, God, what's his name? Might uh, not Kirk Douglas, Jesus. Uh, God, I'm totally drawing a blank. Snake Plissken. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's that God. Um, Kurt Russell. 
So that movie where he played kind of the uh, the super soldier that was like raised from like an orphan up to be a super soldier type guy, that's very much how like that whole first 30 minutes of that show is almost a direct not, you know, like screen screen version of what they describe a lot of the original Spartan uh, backstory to be minus some of the like d- genetic and you know cybernetic aug- augmentation pieces. Um, so there, there's a lot of stuff they could draw from, I think, but you got some big stuff to fill in. And that's, that's all I was getting at bait is if it's, if it's Halo and you don't have Master Chief, that's, that's going to be a problem. He didn't necessarily have to be front and center all the time and it could be around him, but he's definitely got to be a, a strong fabric of the show is that he's really, that's really what Halo is about. Uh, and two, I, I do think if you look at it, it's a lot of big battle. I mean, it's a lot of big, heavy hitting battle scenes that are, you, you know, that that's what, even if it's just Master Chief, it's normally Master Chief taking on like a horde, you know, something like that, or this gigantic boss or something. Yeah. All right. That, that's, that's fair enough. I, yeah, I can see that. Okay. I, I will say this though. I, I do think that is a very, very difficult model to sustain. So as long as they, I think you could have a lot of the, I mean, there's a lot of political plot. I mean, there's a lot of plot stuff that, that you could weave in, but it's definitely going to be punctuated with kind of those, you know, Halo story beats though. Yeah. I think that they've got, you know, some interesting things to kind of look at. And as we've talked about in length before, you know, when you're dealing with adaptations for games to any media, that's not a game, it's always a challenge to kind of figure out how you want to actually represent the story and the characters in a format that is very different than what the source material is from so i'm always curious to see these um you said they start filming this in 2019 living yeah that's what the, that's where they're reporting now gotcha okay so it's probably going to be a couple of years off still i imagine but uh it should be interesting to kind of keep an eye on and see where it goes i'm i'm not privy to much of the halo storyline other than there's a guy named master chief and there's a lot of aliens he kills but uh I'd be kind of curious to check this out to see what it looks like. If I am... I was just going to make a joke and say that uh, if the grunts, when somebody gets a headshot in the, in the TV show on them, if they don't like make party sounds when you shoot them, then, I mean, you might as well not watch it. <laughs> but continue, Zell. Oh, dear. <laughs> Go ahead, Zell. Um, I was just going to throw in there because I, I added it to the notes like 60 seconds ago, and so I know nobody saw it before we go into gaming. I want to point out one more news item on, on TV All right. and, and movies. So um, the DC Universe thing is uh, accepting email addresses to sign up to possibly get beta access, which I presume may be free. Uh, but uh, for, for DC Universe's uh, streaming service thing that they're going to have, um, they've already said there's like five, like, series is their shows that they're making exclusive to it um including the new teen titans thing the new season of young justice some uh, doom patrol swamp and a harley quinn animated series um and so they've they started collecting signups for that this weekend do we have any idea when that's going to come out or how much it's going to cost uh it's a streaming service so something something you know single digit dollars per month presumably and they're gonna start the beta for it soon, so also that the timeline is 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 soon. So, yeah, 
Um, but they're going to have a bunch of exclusive serv- shows and then a bunch of their existing kind of catalog of, of DC movies both and, and TV shows, both animated and live action, uh, will be in it. And then I believe they're actually going to give access to some of the comics as well. So I think they're going to kind of cross medium this and, and just kind of give you access to all of DC's crud for a monthly fee. Kind of cool. How far back did, are they going to go as far as some of that uh, content goes? Do you know, like, or am I going to be able to watch, like, 90s Batman again, or, or what? Uh, uh, surprise me. I know... I know that like the I'm I'm almost positive like the Batman animated series is part yes. of this, um, and and probably a lot of the movies that have kind of built on that. Yeah, they they actually have already said that uh, the uh, Batman animated series and then the uh, old Wonder Woman TV show, the original uh, Superman, and like uh, the Tim Burton Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, they're they're digging through the whole back catalog. Um, and they are adding a very large amount of comics you can get to it and um apparently members only merchandise and stuff as well so hey uh i'm just curious if you guys uh did you guys happen to see the uh the initial imagery of some of the teen titans released uh i think this week no is it good well i i was very curious to see how they were going to do uh robin so the I can't remember the kid's name that is playing him, but I will say this: they absolutely are taking some inspiration from the uh, DC uh, movie universe. He he he's very it's very it's a very dark and gritty kind of Robin. Looks much more grown up than I thought he would look based on the initial like photos yeah. of the actor. Um, it, he, I mean, it literally looks like something you like. Yeah, I could, I could have seen him with Ben Affleck, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it, 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 a very kind of uh, the, the suit itself looks really good. Again, very much taking some tones from the the Batman, the Bat suit from uh, the current movie run. Uh, looked, at, it actually looked good. It basically, it kind of described him as a Robin on the verge of becoming Nightwing. So, a, you know, an older Robin, but. Uh, I, in my head, the first thing I thought was you could take that exact suit, exactly how they, they pictured that, that guy or that kid rather. And if you put Jake Gyllenhaal in that and then slightly change the color to a little bit more blue, we called him night. Uh, I could see him taking over as the Batman and, and which is something that's been an ongoing rumor is that he may take over for Ben Affleck. And, and that would be a great way to do it without getting too crazy, you know, like, you know, doing a whole reboot on the thing. You could basically have Nightwing become Batman, like Bruce retire or die or something like that, um, and basically Gyllenhaal step in as as Dick Grayson, and and that and just that that picture alone, I was a little bit more on board with the Teen Titans show, which I was absolutely not on board until I saw that. Yeah, the I'm looking at it now. The uh, the suit kind of reminds me of the old. Um... Oh, what was his name? Uh, Tim Tim Drake. Yeah. Robin was that? Was yeah. That, it, it looks a lot like this one. Yeah, it's very kind of an Arkham, like a an uh, like an Arkham setup. You know, it's much more realistic kind of, mm-hmm. you know, grounded sort of sort of Robin costume. Yeah. But it looks good. It looks really good. Robin was in those Arkham was, games. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Did it? Did the suit look like this? I'm trying to remember uh, what it looked like. No. Well, okay. So the Jason Todd suit did not when it was in the you know the clips of. When the Joker was was basically trying to kill him uh, or was killing, yeah. 
it, it did not look like that. I think the Dick Grayson version, and I don't remember which Arkham it was in. I think it was a little closer to this one. I'm trying to I don't know. It, it was here. Dick Grayson or was it, it might've been a Tim Drake one. Cause I think they might uh, in, in the Arkham games. Batman.wikia.com says it's the Tim Drake Batman, and it looks kind of like Chris O'Donnell, so... Yeah. I, uh, yeah, just not nearly as horrible as the Chris O'Donnell one. I don't know. The suit looks pretty bad, man. No, but, no, no. Not the... No, no, no. The, uh... Are you talking about the, the new one? Uh, this is the... Yeah, it looks like it's the one from, uh, from Arkham City. I'm totally confused at what you're talking about now, because I can't see what you're looking at. No, no, don't, don't worry about it. I just, I, my only point was, I think the, the, the image I saw of the Robin version from the Teen Titans show looks pretty solid, and it's made me be a little bit more on board with the idea of that. Yeah, it looks pretty badass. I mean, I'm, I'm not as, as versed as you guys are, but I mean, it looks, from my perspective, really solid. So that, that looks like that's going to be exclusive to the streaming service. Is that right? I, I believe so. Yeah, it's... Um... They they've specified it on the on the site, and we'll have this in the in the show notes. Um, the the dcuniverse.com coming soon page. You can uh, actually has this picture right up front, and then at the bottom you can sign up to, to get into the beta. For I, this I, I don't well. know if they're planning on doing this. I've seen uh, a few other places like Hulu and some other folks do it, like Amazon. I think has done it, where they'll take like the first episode and you know kind of like figure out and basically saturate it out there in a bunch if if they're confident in it they saturate it outside of just their streaming service say if you want more of this come to our streaming service um yeah that's what this uh yeah, discovery if, did with cbs if they do something like that with the teens teen titans show that's probably a really really good sign that they're that they're pretty confident in what they're what they're putting out yeah, looks good. I'll have to keep an eye out for that one because it does look pretty badass. Okay, so moving on to some more gaming-related news here. Uh, this is the part of the show where we have Zell talk about Star Citizen and we make fun of him for it. So, Zell, what's going on with the most recent update? I think it's 3.2. Hey, you put it in here. I haven't yeah, even... Hey, no, you, hey, you Zell, know can you give things. us a, a rough dollar figure of how much of your uh, annual income that you spent so far on Star Citizen? This, this, year, okay. this year, none. Hey, None. Zell, have you bought um, the hundred and twenty dollar venture yet? Uh, no, I have not because I, I, I have no int- I have no intention to give them any more money while the the Crytek money, lawsuits money, out money, there. Money, money. Um, I said that I said said that several months ago, and and I hold to it. Um, but uh... <laughs> so so I have a soundboard. It's called a nine year old. It's pretty good. I can just push a button and he'll say whatever. I Oh my god! Oh, that made my night. Sorry, go ahead, Sal. <laughs> anyways, um, they're uh, polishing out the the three point two patch for Star Citizen. It adds uh, what Pokey thinks is a very convoluted mining mechanic, and a whole bunch of other things. Um, yeah, so that's that. They're adding features. Yeah, okay. Gameplay. Let, let, let me clarify this this gameplay with quotes here so you've we, we've all i think at least dabbled in eve a little bit in the show here so you know that mining in eve is like the most boring afk thing like mining is basically the thing you do to make money in eve online push a button every three minutes or so and watch netflix while you do it that's basically Pretty what fun. it is star citizens like let's take this model and it's still going to be 
almost as boring, but we're going to make you do I do, we're going to do to to We're going to take the mining and then we're going to, we're going to make it even more boring. <laughs> I think what we need to do is like, yeah, we've got to have the melatonin going so hard in the brain that I don't care how many push-ups they do, it's not going to work. They're just going to have to keep mining and mining. Then they pay real money. Like if they don't pay the Zell money, it, it's not it's not working. In fact, if we could make them pay more money for mining, like they have to pay us real money, and then we could like sell them even slower ways of making in-game money. That would be the way we must do this. Oh my god, this is a serious podcast. Oh, <laughs> you know I'm not going to finish my thought because nothing's going to top that. So we're just going to leave it at that. <laughs> They added mining to Star Citizen. You should watch the video. It's oh my hilarious. god, there's a video not for as funny it? as that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like Eve yes. mining, but you have to pay more attention, which ruins the whole thing. So There's a whole tutorial that's like, press L, not press right. Okay, L. What? Keep watching. Watch no, so, so I think what, I think what we're, going to do, like, we're going to send like a shovel. And the shovel was it was sinking to the USB of the computer, and then when it's going, he has to make the shoveling motion with the, with the, the shovel that is in the USB of the computer, and that's that's how they were mine in in, in the Star Citizen. I yes, I mean I think I mean because it's not as good as the push up. I mean it's, it's almost as good as a pull up, but it, you know it it work. You know I think that would work. Oh my! See Jay, I think you have a future where you and your son can play games together and stream but you have to basically be in different yeah. characters the whole time and then just have you know him reacting in the background so you can do you know your you know kratos uh, impression impression on like Fortnite, and you can do like your your schwarzenegger impersonation it'll it'll be good you, you're gonna be huge mm -hmm. do it twitch.tv forward slash j jay and boy okay um all right we'll move on from that one uh, so, uh, Overwatch got a new hero. Um, in the reveal, I thought, I originally thought the reveal was a joke along with everyone else, and apparently it's not. So I'm not an Overwatch buff, so I'll hand this off to the experts, but it seems the new hero is indeed a hamster in a death ball. Word. Is that correct? <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I, I'm just seeing, like, videos online. I guess it's got, like, a grappling hook ability, and so people are, like figuring out how they can like latch onto things in the map and just like spin around in this death cyclone and kill everyone in the area it it's ridiculous looking it looks like it's actually pretty fun have you had a chance to try I, this one yet? i don't think it's out i don't think it's out is it it's in the, oh, okay the yeah so right I, like in fact like uh me and my son are on overwatch right now as we're as we're on the podcast and uh and that's it's specifically why he wanted to get on overwatch because he wanted to know if the, if the death hamster was uh was on and i i did not think so uh so so he's He's currently absolutely wrecking as Bastion right now, right now. But uh, but no, it looks it like the 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 video at least the one video I saw of the abilities looks really really cool. And and I got to give him credit in true Blizzard fashion. They're you know kind of you know it's it's kind of off the wall, but you know they do have a talking gorilla in it. But it's uh it it works. I mean they got a death hamster. Yeah, like I said, the videos are are, are crazy because people are you know setting up custom matches so they can get like ten of these guys in like one room at a time, and like they all like latched onto the shark, I guess, and then we're like spinning around the shark in the death ball, like all of them at the same time. I'm I'm, I'm waiting for the meme where you like where it has like the sound clip. You spin me round, right, right, right now, round, round, and right, right now, round now. <laughs> 
it, it's going to be memes. There's going to be a lot of memes. But yeah, I have to say, like, this is probably one of the more unique uh, characters I've seen for the game. I think they're really trying to not just, you know, hey, we released a new character. It's got a slightly different moveset. It's like we want to do something radically different than anything else. So, you know, this sort of thing kind of changes up the meta when you come to a game like this, because now it's like you've got access to different areas of the map because you can you know uh, grapple hook on to stuff and go flying and rolling all over the place like it's it's pretty wild so i mean the, the videos out there are on the player test server you should check it out because it's, it's it's pretty crazy and it could be pretty fun from the looks of it okay so next topic is uh your co-pilot's favorite favorite topic we'll talk about fortnite for a while here so uh, Fortnite's been doing really well, um, like really, really well. So apparently last month, the estimated revenue for the game was over $300 what? million. Dollars during well, the they got some of my money today, yeah. so I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, I think it was like in February, it was like 150 something. And then it was like 200 something in, in March. And then uh, last month it was over 300 million, which is like the record they've had since the game came out but i mean just mind-boggling how huge I, that is you guys do realize that it. that is why that sony's actually starting to feel to sweat about crossplay. oh yeah i mean because there's other games where i think they've kind of thrown a fit i think rocket league was one that has a lot of crossplay, and sony kind of put their foot down but it wasn't anything like this like this is so well beyond what we've seen before or the, the best one were the uh it was the uh nintendo and microsoft tweets back and forth like hey let's play together blah 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 and I, I i i if if there is a lever that will make sony get off of the uh cross play bit it's going to be the the following and the money of fortnite pretty much and, and they've been mostly silent until just recently and they finally commented on it and were like uh yeah we're we're looking into our options um, kind of hinting that they didn't want to allow it because then they're kind of setting a precedent to have it for all games that are, you know, cross-play yep. enabled, which is probably them not wanting to let go well, of that that reign too soon. Because the other big one was the uh, the yeah, Minecraft yeah. commercial that, yes. that they did, that Microsoft and Nintendo did together. I, I mean, if you think about great. it, the crazy thing is like one of the, the like traditionally the most closed and insular game game related entity is nintendo and they're on board with this i that was crazy yes i agree well it, it comes down to the fact that when you're in the lead you do not want to give up anything to, to your competitors and so this generation playstation is like by and far out in front and the last thing they want to do is give someone an option to play like because if most of their friends already have PlayStation this generation, the last thing they want to do is give those people's friends an ability to buy an Xbox. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, but I also think that they're about to lose the next-gen console war if they're not care. Like, literally, they're about to lose it right now. Uh, because Microsoft, like, the way the, at E3, and this did, not go, this did not go unnoticed by a lot of people. At E3, the Microsoft folks were quite quite upfront at saying, they, nobody talked about a next next-gen console but what they did say was that the next that really they view xbox as just one of the tier of their gaming consoles and that and that anything on pc should be played on an xbox and and cross-play enabled and they're in a position to do that and, and they've clearly gotten other people they've clearly gotten other people on board with that so i think uh, i think fortnite's going to be probably probably one of the test beds for that God. 
for that kind of activity in my this is my opinion though yeah and i think fortnite has probably posed itself to be one of the most influential games i think of our of this this generation and probably moving forward because of that because it is causing this you know hey why are we all separate i mean it's it's been that way for a very long time and like zell said nintendo has always been very isolated and even they're like yeah it's in our best interest to make this all work together um so i mean if if this kind of causes a shift in that philosophy moving forward it's going to be huge yeah i mean i mean the the short answer is if you if you look at the model of of fortnite um you know it's a pretty it's pretty solid and, and it's, it's amazing when a lot of other companies don't pay attention to what they're doing. They basically sell only cosmetics. I mean, it's literally all they sell is cosmetics. Um, and then the only thing that happens when you level up is that you gain access to more cosmetics. Um, and they make a redonkulous amount of money off of it. I mean, and, and it, they're all very, very reasonably priced. Their bundles make sense. I mean, it, like that model, if you if you applied the Fortnite model to something like Star Wars Battlefront, that would have been a ridiculous can't miss kind of kind of activity. But that you know, and that's what that's what just I can't figure out. Like when you, it makes you makes you think that some of these other companies should you know you got to really look at what their business department department is doing in terms of like how they make their decisions and their calculus. Um, you know, Fortnite is not is a relatively inexpensive game to to make and maintain. You know, it is not a graphical wonder. It, there's not a uh, an, some incredible story-driven activity going on. It's, you know, I mean, you don't have, uh, I mean, it's a fairly simplistic game. Let's just be realistic about it. It's a very simple game that's very cleanly done and they're making money. They're printing cash, literally. Like they go down to, they have to go down to the print machine and say, "Hey, man, I need like another stack of hundreds." And it's like you said, it's crazy that other companies aren't looking at this, going like, Ooh, "They're making money hand over fist here with a free to play model that doesn't have any. There's no BS. There's no loot boxes. There's no RNG crap. No pay to win." It's well, the problem is, is to make this work like the way Fortnite has done, the the game has to actually be. Good well, first. I mean, well, yeah, that's just <laughs> the first qualifier. Like, even, even if you take away the problems they had with the the loot box economy and 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 more importantly, the in-game advantages you got from the pay-to-win stuff. You know, Star Star Wars Battlefront was was frankly not bad. I mean, it it was not. I mean, it's not. It was not going to redefine the shooter genre, but it was mechanically not that bad what made it bad was like the fact you could get 30 percent extra damage by paying a lot of cash several times in a, in a video slot machine and i mean it also comes down to how they they price oh, and yeah. distribute this stuff because i mean like even overwatch I, I i i lose interest in in i mean overwatch is a very solid polished game but i don't like this i have to you know roll the dice to get the things that i want i just want to buy them and you know you'll you'll get games where it's like you buy them and they're like absurdly priced like heck like the skins in Dust Five One Four were like ten dollars a piece completely ridiculous um, I, I didn't purchase any of those or you've got you know the ones where it's like yeah it's only a buck a pull but I'm still pulling a slot machine if I'm going to get what I want or not and it just doesn't appeal to me and I, in in you know I've, I've spoken in depth about this before but you know or you have models like Fortnite where it's reasonably priced you know I can just 
buy what I want. There's a there's kind of like a the battle pass system is pretty cool. You can kind of earn things and you know exactly what you're going to get when you're going to get it based off the effort you put in. That's great. Or, or like um Little Big Planet too, yeah, which is a, a, an example, older game yeah. that came out. Yeah, it, it came out um at the dawn of like the PS3. It's like, like an early launch title. So it's, it's been a while. Um and there was DLC and I would there were a few packs that were gameplay elements. It was it was a it wasn't a competitive game by any means, so don't think of it like that. But there was a few gameplay stuff you could buy for DLC. But for the most part, like 95% of it was all cosmetics. Little outfits for your, your character or a sticker pack or materials or stuff like that. And it was like a dollar for an outfit. And it was like, if there's something you wanted, you just bought it. You didn't even think about it because it's a, it's a buck. And it was like, hey, there's a pack of six for five bucks. Yeah, that's a good deal. I'll buy that. It's so reasonably priced that it's kind of under that like impulse buy barrier like you're standing in the supermarket you get the pack of gum there for like 85 cents you didn't think about it you just grab it that model i feel is we've drifted so far away from that but it did really really well and i think they're starting to realize that that's really what people kind of like is the you know easy to swallow if i can buy individual assets for a reasonable price i'll probably buy a lot more of them and ultimately spend more money on your game rather than some huge you know massive purchase or a loot box or something that's you know a little less straightforward and I, I i really really hope we can get back to that because i love that model that little big planet had like it was fantastic but it's turned into this monster that i don't think any of us are really that satisfied with yeah no nah, i think you're right i'm sitting here i'm li- so we're literally flicking through the uh the Fortnite, you know item shop right now and and it's pretty cool. You know, it updates every 24 hours. You can pick what you want. You know, we, we bought the battle pack. You know, I, my son sat me down and he briefed me on how the battle pass worked basically and goes through a, a fairly detailed description of kind of how the leveling system worked. He, he obviously had practiced this before he sat down with me. Because he, he basically had a, a Fortnite intervention with me. Um, <laughs> and, and, and this model, as I'm sitting here looking at it, the reason that they make money, one, the game is, it's fun. Now, I, now there's, mechanically, I don't enjoy the game as much as other shooters just because of how the gameplay is. Uh, there's just a couple aspects that are, you know, slightly aggravating to me. But I 100% see why people enjoy this mode. And it's also very quick to match up. It puts you in squad. The voice chat works real well. So it's a simple, polished game. But they have ready-made stuff that you can buy, and it's extremely reasonably priced. Now, here's the cool thing, much like in EVE, I didn't realize this, but you can earn enough V-Bucks in-game. If you really grind a little bit over the course of a season, which I think is maybe a month, I guess, I'm not sure, you can basically buy your battle pass for the next month. And, you know, that's kind of a cool idea. You can basically plex your battle pass. Um, And I I did not know that. And, And, you know, my kid on his Switch does that. And and I was like, really? So he showed me on the PS. He showed me on his PS4 how it works on our PS4, and I was like, okay, well, touche. I I may get into that a little bit. So I'm willing to put money into it and support the game because they're they're doing a great. They're putting out a great product, and I it's not even a game that I would normally put. That's normally in kind of in my wheelhouse. Um, You know, that's what the I mean to me. That's that's the kind of the thing about it. Well, and it comes down so to you want to you want to support the models that you as a gamer feel is a good model. So it shows, hey, this works. Please continue to do stuff yeah. like this. Exactly. Try to avoid supporting the stuff that you know is BS because you don't want them to think, hey, my crappy pay to win mechanic worked. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, and I, I think, it, you know, 
to, to your initial point, the scope of the money that Fortnite makes, I don't think a lot of people, I think a lot of people in the industry are clearly aware of it. Now, what I'm, what I'm interested in though, is how many, is how it's going to shape things. Cause if you, yeah, occasionally you get these juggernaut games out there that become so big that, that they really shape how, you know, the landscape of gaming. Fortnite is clear. It's, I think clearly one of those. And that's one of the reasons, and we all, I mean, you kind of see it with just the, hey, everything's got a battle royale mode. Well, it's not just the mode that makes it popular. It's it's all the stuff that you get inside the game that kind of makes it popular too. Uh, so I think that's I, I think that's something that's happening right now is that we are seeing some of that. Like, for example, a lot of the stuff coming out of Anthem right now is very, you know, Fortnite esque in terms of at least the messaging that they're putting out coming out of E3 and they've they've been doing a ton of interviews about Anthem post E3. So I, I'm kind of you know interested to see how they keep developing that. I'm interested to see if Bungie will shift how something like Destiny works, like with the big September update, which I'm growing more and more interested in frankly. Uh, so there, there's there's some stuff on the horizon that I think Fortnite very directly, uh, certainly if not indirectly, is is affecting in a positive way in the game culture right now. Nope, I think those are all very fair points. And you know, like like you said, it's you know this is this is the the good kind of stuff we want to see. So I'm I'm really glad that they're doing well. Um, it's just you know hopefully people can make the connection that it's not just the game mode; it's how they conduct their business. It's how they interact and respect the player and why that garnishes, you know, such positive, you know, an ongoing business from the perspective of people who play this game and, and obviously sink money into it. So, you know, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed that people will kind of notice that this is a good thing. We should probably copy them. Um, I think Anthem is another good example of a game that, you know, we don't know for sure, but I, I almost guarantee you it had a very different model a year ago um, before all of this stuff kind of hit the fan and the fact that they're interviewing now and really pushing, like you said, some more Fortnite style, um, almost mechanics, but a Fortnite style of business model. I think people are taking notice and going, we need to kind of change how we're thinking about this. I think that's going to be, you know, the best for everyone as a whole. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're, I think you're absolutely spot on the, uh, it, it is interesting though, that they're not shying away from thing. by the way, from things like, Hey, uh, tell us how Anthem's is or was uh, influenced by the uh, the Disney or the Star Wars Battlefront issues and the Mass Effect Andromeda issues. That and, and they're addressing those points pretty pretty directly too. So they're at least trying to I think message that they are they are learning and watching how things are shaping the you know kind of the gaming landscape. And again. No denying that Fortnite right now is a is absolutely setting the tone in a lot of ways from gameplay styles, game modes, and what we all hope is you know actual like the live economy of games. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's certainly a phenomenon, but worth keeping an eye on. In other Fortnite news, though, uh, I know you're all going to be shocked to hear this, but PUBG and their lawsuit against Fortnite, uh, they have since dropped the lawsuit and the whole thing is closed and, and done with. Um, with no details if there's an agreement or a settlement, but I'm guessing that they probably just backed down because it was not looking good for them um, in the whole grand scheme of things. Correct. Yeah, I, this is kind of the result I was expecting. It was just because they were trying to kind of flex on Fortnite and Epic just kind of said like, 
you really don't want yeah. to do this. Um, <laughs> so let's just kind of do each or do our own thing and we'll call it a day. And I think that the whole kind of agreed and, and that was the end of it. So, you know, like I said, there's no details on if there was a settlement or anything, but you know, kind of Zell's point earlier, when you're on top, you don't really tend to give up much. And I don't see Epic at all backing down from anything. So I'm guessing this is pretty much uh, blue hole, just dropping it. And that's it. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if anything else pops up on this, but I, I, kind of get the feeling that that's done and it's just it is what it is now okay so moving along here we've got uh, a, a little a little bit more news coming out about cyberpunk 2077 so when this debuted at well it's it was shown many years ago but when they kind of had a more of an in-depth look at it at e3 a couple weeks ago uh, there was actually a on-the-floor demo that certain people were allowed to play it was kind of like an invite only no cameras nda can't comment on it but results were very very positive people were very excited this is an amazing game you know if the final product is anything like this it's going to be you know groundbreaking cool so another interview came out today with mike pondsmith so he's one of, the kind of the lead developers over at cd project red and basically he's saying that okay what was played there was like a vertical slice pretty much like it was a very polished very small part of the game and that internally they're only considering this as currently like pre-alpha pretty much so mm-hmm. <laughs> effectively saying this isn't coming this year it's not coming next year it's it's gonna be a while and i think cd project red has had a pretty long track record of it'll be ready when it's ready um don't rush us so you know it, it's we're not gonna be seeing cyberpunk 2070 anytime soon it's gonna be several years i think 2020 is probably pushing it for the earliest that i think that we'll even get our eyes on this who was it that said next gen for that game? Was that gen? Yeah, yeah. nah. Like well, I think I I think part of our discussion when we did the E3 roundup was they it, that was one of the games that they that there was a lot of sort of tones of like, wow, this is going to look good on the next next generation console, or this is going to be much more tailored for a next gen console. Um, and, and I think Pokey described when we did our like that midweek where this is probably falling in the category of, yeah, they'll release it on the PS4 and the PS Next, probably simultaneously. I, I don't know. You maybe. So? I mean, maybe. Because if yeah, we're I'm... waiting that long, I mean, if 2020 is, you know, the estimated that uh, that we're going to hear a, an actual, okay, this is the product demo, right? Uh, I, I I don't see that coming yeah. out on PS4. Uh, well, but you never know. I mean, that, that's the thing is, like, you don't know. I, mean, I, yeah, no, sure. I was actually, I, I would have guessed that we would see that game uh, probably late fourth quarter of 17 or first quarter of 18 is kind of what I thought would be the would be the unveiling slash or uh, you know, the, the actual release of the game. But it sounds like what Pokey's saying is, I like, correct me if I'm wrong. You think it's even deeper in twenty, like twenty nine, you know, uh, twenty twenty then. Actually, I'm I'm thinking twenty twenty at the earliest. Yeah, I mean it's it's still if they're making noises about calling it like a pre alpha and they actually mean that you know, as like truly a pre alpha for something of the scope they're kind of looking at, I don't think that we're going to be seeing this next year. I, I really don't. I think that it's going to be a while and that they were just trying to get. It had been so long since they'd given a proper update. They wanted to get something tangible. And so like they developed this vertical slice to go here. This is a look at what we're doing. 
but they're still a ways off from the sounds of it. And on that point, though, I don't know if we'll be seeing a PS5 in the next two years. Yeah. Maybe. Well, maybe? I, I don't know. There's, I mean, there are people like there the the un the unfilmed interviews that that have been you know reported on quite a bit. Uh, there are there was a lot of the different developers saying they are developing for next gen now. Make it that what you will. Well, it could be. Yes, uh, Phil Spencer of uh, of Xbox or Microsoft or whatever he's in still uh, at E3, I think, was saying that they're already starting to um, uh, to work on that. I think his wording was the architecture uh, for the next. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. Well, they also. We're very upfront. We kind of kicked around this on the Wednesday show. Is that the um, that that a lot of people were saying that those are not going to be, be that, right like the the consoles now. They're going to be you know, perhaps more like a Steam box almost. Um, you know, or imagine you know like something the size of like a hardback book that sits under your TV and cook you know hooks into the interweb, kind of like an Apple TV for games. Uh, so, and, and frankly, that's kind of what I would expect. I mean, because I, mean, I can get more computing power out of something. Mm-hmm. I can go to the store right now and get something with more raw computing power and graphics power than, you know, and it's literally half the size or smaller than my current PS4. So, I, yeah, I, I totally see that. Yeah, and I, I do hope that what you just said there is the case because I feel like that's the exact same thing that we said, uh, what, five years ago now, I guess, when, uh, when we were talking about the yeah. PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. So hope, hopefully, uh, yeah. I, I think I mean I think true. the current model of, of classic consoles that we have is is really. I, I think this is it. I think this general. I think this is this is the last time we're going to see something like this. I think it's literally going to be. You'll have it'll be like the Sony PlayStation Home Entertainment System that will. I mean, cause to, to be very very frank with you, I pro, I get more use out of my PlayStation Four as literally a. Um, a movie game music mm-hmm. a music game yeah pretty much everything but gaming I, I do more than more of everything else than I do gaming on my PlayStation. Oh yeah, hey by the way, right, Parker yeah. says good night, he's running to bed. All right, good night, Parker. Good night, bud. <laughs> no, I, I agree, Jamie. It's it's kinda of turned into where I mean I, I do quite a, a fair amount of gaming on my console, but I spend almost probably an equal amount of, amount of time using it for media and just watching shows and streaming and that sort of thing. Um, it's, it just, it makes more sense that way. It's already set up on the TV. I just, you know, pull the controller and it's, it's good to go. And it, you know, they've, they've certainly come a long way from, you know, the, the PS2 where it was like, wow, I can play a DVD on it. Now it's like, you do pretty much freaking everything on your console. Um, so, I mean, the, the shift to making it more of a PC architecture has kind of been happening, I think, on the software side at the very least, to be kind of a multi-purpose machine. But I think you could be right that we're we're pretty close to kind of making that final push over the line, where it's it's really not so much a unique piece of hardware, and it's more of a a PC using the same sort of parts you'd find in a PC like a Steam Box. And it's just you know it's still the kind of same experience you're used to, but the way that it's built internally is going to be a lot different. I, I think what you're also going to see is uh, uh, you know, barring anybody that's already locked up in contracts and you know that kind of jazz, I think you're going to see a lot less exclusive games going forward. And I think, I think that that's kind of where definitely Microsoft and Nintendo are starting to lean. 
And I think Sony is going to slowly start getting squeezed out on that. See, with that, though, assuming that we do make this jump to a more modular uh, Steambox kind of kind of console, why should I buy an Xbox uh, or a, a Microsoft um, Xbox or, or whatever you want to call it, or a, a PlayStation? Uh, I'm trying to figure out without, exclu- without exclusives, What's going to set those well, I, two things apart as far as... Yeah, I think it's going to be more about the the services offered and how the architecture is set up, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, look, look at that. The, the Microsoft Play Pass right now, bro, that thing is... Have you looked into that? Yeah, yeah. that, yeah. It's pretty good. I've seen it. I've thought about it a couple of times. Yeah, that, that thing's pretty baller. What is that exactly? So, um, if you're not familiar with what Jay and I are talking about, I believe Jay, you're talking about the yeah. Game you can Pass, get. I mean, right? that that is the best, hands down, the best gaming slash entertainment bundling pass system, whatever you want to call it, that I have ever seen. So for what is it? I, I think sixty bucks. No, a month not even that. It's, it's way it's way cheaper than that. Yeah, is it? I thought it was. No. I thought it was the same price no, as my gold like, membership like 10 or fifteen year, bucks a month. Pass. Okay, so for like a quarter of the price of uh, Xbox Gold, you can uh, access any games that Microsoft has in their library uh, for the Games Pass. It, 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 it's got some pretty new stuff on there uh, quite regularly. Um, so, you know, get a, get a new game for, you know, 15 bucks a month and, you know, obviously all the other games that you want to play. It's, Jay's right, it's not a bad deal. It's actually ten bucks a month. That's Ooh. that's pretty solid. I mean, you consider that, you know, you, you if you're playing online like on a PlayStation, you're going to have PlayStation Plus pretty much no right. matter what. And that's, I think it works out to like seven or eight bucks a month. But and that only comes with like the two free games that you get, mm-hmm. you know, each month for for free or whatever. But if you've got a huge access to a bunch of you know, games from Xbox One and Xbox 360, that's that's a yeah. pretty sweet deal. Yeah, like, and original Xbox. Yeah, that's that's I didn't know about that. So that's really solid. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of lets them leverage older properties and extract value out of them, so to speak. Because I mean, it's a hundred titles. A lot of them are probably a little bit older, but people are going to go, "Wow, that's a good value! I get all these games for ten bucks," and they're going to effectively pay to play those games that they probably would not have purchased otherwise. It's, it's pretty smart. I mean, it's, it's no skin off of Xbox's back to, to allow that. I mean, and it's, no, that's pretty good. Yeah. I wish Sony had something like that. That'd be pretty slick. It's 199 games on games pass right now. And all of them, or not all of them, but a vast majority of them look very new. Okay. Okay. So it's pretty good. No, that's crazy. And, and I think, you know, that is a good question. And, and I think Jay raises a good point about, you know, what what makes me want to buy one over the other if it's not for the exclusives mm-hmm. or brand loyalty, you know, just, I mean, for me, I've always had Sony, so I buy Sony and I just, I never really bothered with Xbox because there weren't enough exclusives there that I wanted to jump ship. And I just was used to this particular brand. So, I mean, I, I might continue, but as people come in to this market, there's gotta be new ways to pull them one way or the other. And it may not be exclusives. It could be like Jay said, services like that game pass is pretty damn solid. Nothing like that exists for Sony right now, at least not for that price. So yeah. it's, it's I mean, I, and the thing is like, 
if you look at Sony's, like how the PlayStation 4, like the PlayStation 4 versus the Xbox One was set up, um, just in terms of like how, you know, the ease it is to do social stuff, like you can stream with a button. And, I mean, it, like Sony's got a, a pretty damn good product. Let's, let's not, you know, let, you know, it's not, not total hating on Sony here. They just, they made, they won the last console war pretty much from the get go. Uh, and I, I think if they, if they want to continue, they could easily remain on top because if you think about it, if they take the architecture they have now and they're like, how do I port all this over where your PSN and all of the, the value of your PSN, that's really what you're talking about is what is the value of your PSN and your memberships or the, or that, that, it's not even games as a service. It's entertainment as a service. They are, this is almost directly competing with like fucking Comcast. If you, I mean, if you think about it, like in the big strategic sense, that's kind of what we're really describing. Now we're, we're using, I mean, games is, is really the, that's the driver of what we talk about. But it, but there's a lot more to it than that because of the way they hook into, to, like if you look at right now, uh, when you go into like the PlayStation, like your uh, TV and video app, there's, yeah, there's like 20 different streaming services that you can just tie into. All it does is like quick pass you in once you get once you get your account set up on or you just feed your, your account password in. It, it works exactly like Apple TV. It works like any other kind of streaming bund, a streaming bundling device that you can use. Um, and it's, it's, it's really like how do you value your relationship with Sony as an entertainment provider? Uh, and again, we talk a lot of it in terms of gaming. Now, where I think that you can have some neat things is if you took a game like, like Destiny, for example, and you had, uh, it, and it was it not, so the game itself perhaps is not unique to the PlayStation architecture or the Sony architecture, but you could have specific things like in terms of maps, uh, weapons, uh, you know, any number of things, you probably mostly, uh, you know, like cosmetic type stuff. There's all kind of ways that you could you could make things attractive inside your own you know kind of your own ecosphere, so to so to speak. And that's not that's not crazy. That that's not that's not a bad thing. Um, and then even most of the things that are you know architecture specific, you know, where it's like, hey, this is an Xbox specific or a Sony specific thing. World of Tanks does this all the time. It's not that you like you may have to wait like one year to see that that thing. Okay, right, that kind of, you know, that sucks a little bit, but you'll eventually get it on the other side, and the game's balanced enough where you could have people in the match that, hey, somebody has the PlayStation sniper rifle, somebody has the uh, Xbox shotgun, and you know what? It'll all work out. And, and and that's fine. I think if you told game developers that, that that was just price cost of doing business, they had to be able to develop that way, they had to balance their games that way, they'd probably be on board for it. I don't. I don't think anybody would beef to that. That actually, that's a good point. It reminds me of I think it was Soul Calibur Four, where the game was released on PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and if you bought the PlayStation version, there was <laughs> there were Star Wars guest characters in Soul Calibur. Uh, so if you bought the PlayStation version, you got Darth Vader um, as a playable character. And then if you bought the Xbox version, you got Yoda as a playable character. But you could also, let's say I bought the PlayStation version, I got I got Darth Vader. I could still buy DLC for the Yoda character if I wanted him, and vice versa. If I had the Xbox, I could buy Darth Vader. So it was kind of like a, here's two DLC characters, you get one for free depending on which console version you buy. 
Um, well, that, I was okay I, with that. I, I mean, totally it was, for that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Because, I mean, you, you've already got... Like, Destiny is an example where PlayStation gets exclusive content. Um, it's It sucks when it's just one console gets extra content the other one just gets the base game but you know if you balance it out i think that would be pretty solid also i take back what i said before so i guess playstation does actually have a similar uh program to that uh, game pass for xbox it's called playstation now when this first it's like the whole like streaming the game rather than downloading i think but when it first came out i think i just kind of ignored it because it was like extremely expensive and you were playing like you're paying like per game like it's this much per hour of gameplay. And I was like, I'm having none of that. It looks like they've updated it now where it's like 650 games, I guess. And it is PS4, PS3, and PS2 games. Um, and you can stream them to your PS4 and PC. So I assume that even if it's like a PS2 or 3 game, it will work on the PS4. And that could be because it's streaming rather than you know being emulated. Anyways, um, that's actually $20 a month, but it looks like you can buy an annual pass for 100 bucks. So that's about 830 a month, which is actually, again, not that bad. And the, the, the library they've got here is pretty huge. So if you've got a lot of time to play games and it's worthwhile to you, that's actually a decent value as well. How much is it per month? I'm sorry. It's 20 if you pay per month. I think the first month is 10 or you can buy an annual pass Ooh. for 100 which comes out to about $8 per month so oh, it's actually a little okay. bit cheaper um yeah. but you know I, I'm, I'm just glancing through the library here i mean it's it's a mix of everything but like red dead redemption's one Killzone, shadowfall evolve you know they've got some yeah. older titles in here and some newer ones but i can't i'm not sure how well it compares to the xbox in terms of recent stuff coming out yeah it's probably about the same if i had to if i had to guess I mean, yeah, okay, so I'm looking at their websites as recent editions, and there's like Sniper Elite 3, Battleborn, NBA 2K16, Yakuza 5 Until Dawn, and Oblivion uh, Elder Scrolls. So, eh, not as new if those are the recent editions. Those are older games, but, you know, there's more huh. of them, I guess. So, you know, you can kind of yeah. take a look at it. Dang, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I'm going to go back to this console thing real, real quick, and I, I don't know if it's just because I, I'm the youngest in here, but I feel like I there won't ever be a time when there's not console gaming, if that makes sense, right? Indeed. So instead of having this this push over to more modular consoles, I, I really can't see. Uh, I, I just can't see that in the future. Uh, I think we're always going to have the console gaming that you know that we have now. Like I said, maybe this should be, but... Well, I, I think it's going to... I think at some point it's technologically going to have to merge. It, it will merge, but I think what you're going to have is, you, you know, functionally, it'll, it will be, you, you know, your console, it, it will be a, it will still be called a console, but it, and it's going to be like, hey, here's a thing made for gaming that you plug into your TV. But it will effectively be like the little Alienware thing that's about the size of a can of coffee. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, those, those like little, mm -hmm. like cylinder kind of looking op, you know, uh, deals I have. Yeah. That's basically what we're talking about: is, is taking those things and using those. Um, oh, oh, I can do that. Okay, yeah, okay. I'm on board with that. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, just think of it as like you're buying a pre-made PC. In that sense, okay. I mean, it's okay. it's using the same parts that a PC would use. It's just it's not going to be proprietary, unique parts that yeah. it's using currently. I take that. I take back what I just sold. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to get into the big discussion of console versus PC, but I think there's certainly advantages in a market that that consoles specifically appeal to certain people, um, and that's the best option for them. And, and it's it's obviously the same thing for for PCs that you can appeal I mean, to them. But I think you'll always have that market. For I mean, if you, if you think about it now, the 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 single biggest difference between the two, other than you know, like I said, the ability to update your 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 device, so to speak, it's really the input into the game. Or, or the options for your input into the game. I mean, um, you can't play keyboard and mouse on the PlayStation. I mean, it, it's varying degrees of effectiveness. I think Zell played a lot of keyboard and mouse, Dust 514. Uh, there's, I mean, if, and that's really what the, I mean, if you think about it, for, it kind of depends on the game model, but for like shooter games, if they work out how do you do input controls uh, that are okay across the board, there's, no reason that you should be playing on a on a quote unquote console. There's no no real advantage. I just want to be able to play on my TV. You know, you know what I'm saying. I just want to be able to sit in my easy chair, on my TV in my man cave, with my headphones on and play, as opposed to sitting at a desk with a with a, a computer. Yeah, and the thing is, people will will say that that seems trivial you know where i play it and i think that you know the steam box was trying to bridge that gap because they realized it is a big difference in how you play you know you're going from a desk setting to a living room setting and sometimes it's just nice just to chill back like you said just sit in a chair you're not worrying about a desk and a mouse and all this it's like i'm just it's a more relaxing um well usually but usually a more relaxing um experience so you know it there's a market there um, and it's never going to go away. So I think that there will still always be someone to cater to that market and we'll still see, you know, people still complain back and forth about this. You know, people still complain back and forth about this. Hey, Livy, I got to ask, where do, you, where do you fall on this? Are you, are you more console or are you more, more PC at some point? Let's all go to the PC Master Race. Master <laughs> Race. Oh shit! Um, well, you can lie to us either way. To be honest, both I I'm <laughs> I would say in the middle. I mean, I was on console for most of my I'll say gaming life. I only started using a PC in the past year or so for games, which I enjoy. Um, but I see the the perk in both. You know, some FPS games I'm not going to play on a computer because I'm just used to the console controller. But um. I don't know. It depends on what the game is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting and ongoing discussion, you know. <laughs> what do people prefer? I mean, I'm kind of in the same boathouse. I, I like both for different reasons, and it depends on the game, which I'm, I'm interested in, you know. And and sometimes it's no question, yeah, I'm going to get it for console. Other times it's like, yeah, I'm going to get it on PC because I want that performance, you know, spike. You know, it, it depends, and you don't have to pick one or the other. And I don't know why people get to this stupid argument about it, but, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's good to have both if you have that option. I mean, it's it's really nice. Okay, so let's move along from that one. So one thing I want to talk about is uh, a discussion we've kind of bounced around a little bit regarding uh, Hideo Kojima's game Death Strandings. And this is the one that we've been hearing about but knowing nothing about for years. Uh, so I think he got a little flack at this last E3 for some of the reasons we talked about where it's like, okay, dude, what's going on with this game? Like, you know, we, we, we want to know what oh, it is. Oh, you didn't hear? They, they, they officially released it to a toenail pulling simulator. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> um, but anyway, oh, no. so they, they kind of pressed him for this interview and he said, okay, he's like, the reason why I don't want to talk about it is it's kind of in response to the way that 
social media and gaming journalism works nowadays. And his reasoning was basically that he doesn't like that pretty much most of the conversation around games is just people regurgitating what the development team has released. Just like, here's the information, and they just keep repeating the information over and over again. And he feels that that doesn't really foster discussion or intrigue. It's just kind of like churn through the machine and spit out whatever is at the end. So he's trying to hold back because he wants people to speculate and discuss and try to put clues together and make it more of an interesting conversation rather than just, this is what the developer said, and then we wash our hands of it and and walk away. Um, which just further makes me believe that I think he's actually just going to release the game with zero details whatsoever, just to see how people deal with it. Um, because that's kind of how he is. He likes to throw random stuff at a group of people and see how they deal with it. And that's kind of the meta of his games that often extends outside of the game or it's, it's not so cut and dry within the gameplay. But I thought it was kind of interesting that he's like, well, I'm not telling you because I don't want you to just focus on that. I want you guys to speculate and kind of figure it out as we go along. So I thought that was interesting. It's a social experiment, yeah. bro. It totally no, I, get, I can see that. Well, I, I, you know, he does run a, I think he realizes he runs a timeline. <laughs> and, you know, you can't piss, piss people off either. No, absolutely not. And it's, and I think that's kind of why he's trying to explain himself. Like, okay, I know you wanted more than this. This is my reasoning. Please don't kill me. Um, but it's, you know, we're all still kind of like, come on, man. Like, we want to at least know what kind of game it is. I mean, we've got nothing to go off of here except some convoluted clues that you've hidden in like you know norman reedus's fingernails you know in, in you know the 27th frame of the third trailer um but that's the way he likes it so i mean if that's your thing this is definitely the kind of game you like to pay attention to but i understand people are kind of turned off by it because they might just want to know what's going on not have to you know go through crazy amounts of analysis and youtube videos to figure out what the hell is actually going to be about Okay, and the last thing that I had for today is I wanted to talk briefly about the um, upcoming events for Monster Hunter World. So I finally got through all of the runs of the Arctempered Felhazak. This is the, the second Arctempered Elder Dragon event that they've had going. So it's like an even harder version of the Tempered version of the, the Elder Dragon. So it's it's really brutal. Like, it's, it's really, really hard. Um, I really suggest you do it solo because... The way that scaling works in Monster Hunter World is that if you play it by yourself, the monster has like a fixed amount of HP. If you go into multiplayer, as in if you have two, three, or four people, it is always scaled to four people. So if you go in with less than four, you're pretty much at a disadvantage. And the way that the fight goes, there's tons of big AoE attacks and stuff like that. And you go in as a group, it's really easy to blow through your allotted number of like lives very quickly like like i said last week we tried it with a group of three and you only get three faints and i think we all die within seconds of each other and instantly fail the mission so i've yet to actually complete it with a group um i did get through my seven runs uh solo though and it was it was tough um i used the insect glaive the nurkagante insect glaive that worked best for me but uh you know use your own strategy of course but that kind of helped to deal with some of his mechanics so if you are looking for a way to kind of figure it out that might be an angle you should kind of explore um also i was able to augment the weapon to have health regen on hit which was huge it really 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 helped um i was lucky enough to get the item i needed to augment after the first run so that really really helped me out so if you can i do suggest that it can help quite a bit 
Um, the other news is, is that the Summer Twilight Festival, this is kind of the next iteration of the Springtime Festival we had a few months ago. Um, it will be running from July 13th to the 27th. So just like last time, all of the events that occurred in the past season will be available. So if you missed anything in particular, you can go back in um, and get whatever items you missed. So if you didn't get a chance to complete the Arc-Tempered Arc Kirin or you don't finish the Arc-Tempered Valhazak, you should have access to those. And it kind of gives you a chance to catch up on all the stuff you missed for the two weeks while the festival is running. Um, additionally, like before, there's daily login bonus rewards for doing special mission requirements. Um, I think you get like double lucky tickets when you log in. Um, so overall, just kind of a lot of freebie giveaway stuff that if you, you go in and participate. Um, they're also adding a new layered armor set. I'm not sure if this is the diving suit or not. I would kind of assume so. Um, so I'm sure there'll be a, a short quest you can do to get the diving suit as well, which will be pretty good. Um, and there's no confirmation of this, but I, I'm assuming that they'll probably bring in the behemoth crossover event for this. It's kind of seems like a good time because I did mention that it's not just all the old events. They are adding some new ones as well. So hopefully that's introduced i don't think that is a temporary thing i think it's a permanent addition to the game which is nice but i think it's be a good time to kind of introduce it so i'm i'm fingers crossed because that looks really badass but uh, i'm looking forward to the event uh, in a couple weeks here all right so i think the last thing we had on the list is kind of going over like we do you know at the beginning of every month is what uh freebie games are available if you're a subscriber to playstation plus or the uh, Xbox Gold uh, service. So uh, I'll let Bait do the Xbox one. So Bait, what's coming up for Xbox in the month of July? Right, so for the entire month of July, uh, you're gonna get Assault Android Cactus, I want which it. I, when I, want I am it. in town, I will be streaming I, I need to see this. I feel it's important. <laughs> I haven't even watched gameplay for it. I don't want to be spoiled. I'm, I'm kind of excited for this one. Uh, and then for the 16th of July through the 15th of August, uh, you're going to get Death Squared. No idea what that game is about. Um, so that's Xbox One. Sliding on over to the 360, you're going to get Virtua Fighter 5, Final Showdown for the first 15 days of the month. And then the last 15 days of the month, you're going to get Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Conviction, which I heard pretty good things about. So if you like Splinter Cell, um, you're probably going to like this. Sounds good. And then coming up for the month of July for PlayStation on PS4, you have uh, Heavy Rain. I imagine that's the the HD remake they play did. that game. Oh my god, play <laughs> so that game. Heavy Rain. Um, and then Absolver. So Absolver, I think, is that like um, martial arts? Like you kind of like learn moves for martial arts and kind of develop your own fighting style. And they've got like PVE and PVP. I've heard good things about it. I've never tried it, but that is also going to be free for PlayStation Four. If you are playing on PlayStation 3, you can get Rayman 3 HD or Deception 4 The Nightmare Princess. And if you're one of the few unlucky people like me who owns a PlayStation Vita, you can play Space Overlords or Zero Escape Zero Time Dilemma. So, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I only play PS3 Bye. ports on my Vita because no one makes games for the Vita. But I've got some really good PSP games that I play on it. Hey, yeah. I think, uh, if, uh, yeah. That Absolver game? Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, pretty I good. might check it out. It's, uh, I would say, go into it with the kind of same mind that you go into something like For Honor, uh, and, you, and you're probably on the right track. But it was, it was surprisingly entertaining. That game looks pretty fun. Yeah, no, it, it, was, it looked pretty cool. I never really got my, my teeth into it, but if it's free, I might give it a shot. It looked kind of neat. And I think that's our show, guys. So any last topics before we go into shout-outs here? Okay, take that as a no. So shout-outs. So... Um, 
in Fortnite for my shout out uh, in the battle Royale, there's like a, a rocket launch thing that happened. Like, I don't know much about it, but I know that there was like this big thing where it's going to launch like a rocket into space and cause this really cool mm-hmm. effect. So this is the battle Royale game, right? So there's like a hundred people on the map and they're, everyone somehow agreed that, Hey, we're going to build a giant ramp up into the sky. So we have a good vantage point so we can watch the rocket launch and agree not to fight each other while we do this. So we can kind of see the whole thing go down. Cool. I like when this stuff happens. My shout out is to the guy who said, wow, there's a bunch of people on that structure. If I took out the bottom support, they would all fall to their death. (laughs) See, that is the player that you can guarantee if he was in Eve was in Goon yes. So that's, he that's takes the, the bottom right there. of the ramp for the low and that gets one. a forty-eight person kill by doing this, which is a new record for Fortnite. So he killed forty-eight people in a row because they all fell to their death trying to do this whole thing. That, yeah. So my shot goes to that guy. That, that, that is amazing. All right, uh, Zell, you're up next. Um, my shout out is to a uh, movie that I watched this weekend. Uh, there really, it really wasn't on my radar because it's not like uh, my my usual genre of movies. But uh, <laughs> I saw the movie Tag this weekend, uh, which is a movie about a group of adults that have been playing the True same story. game of tag for thirty years. Uh, it is it is b- loosely based on a true story. Yes. Um, absolutely hilarious and if you want like a side game to play while this movie you have to find you have to realize that uh jeremy renner broke both of his arms three days into filming and so his arms are seriously there there is an article that written by an author that just based on the trailer was analyzing his arms in all of the shots in the trailer to determine whether or not they were fake runner arms or real runner arms. Um, but uh, the movie is hilarious. So, um, that, that's my shout out. Can you imagine surviving the Avengers movies and then saying, how did my arms play a tag? Like both of them at the same time. Like I, I... <laughs> Running Naruto style through doors that are too small. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, Pete, you're up. Um, you know, I had a shout out earlier as I was watching TV, but I completely forgot. It. You're pulling a Zell. Zell actually had a really good one. You're doing a Zell. I had a good shout out. I, I had a good shout out. I, I, I leave a spot man. in the notes for that, you know. See, but I don't, I don't get. I won't check the notes until like uh, we're just hitting the record button. Figure it out mid shell like the rest of us. <sighs> Normally I do. All right, fine. You fail. Jay, you're up. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to the movie Soldado. Uh, it's a follow up to Sicario. I, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that, seen Sicario, really, really, really good flick. Very well acted. Very well put together. A very, very solid movie on a lot of fronts. So I won't go into a lot of it, but they definitely. Kind of pick up where that left off, in, uh, and Josh Rowan, great performance in it, uh, as well as the, uh, good Lord, not Antonio, the guy the guy that is not Antonio Banderas. The collector from uh, uh, the MCU, God, help me out. Somebody, anybody, throw me a bomb. Uh, let me look it up. Benicio Del Toro. 
There you go. That's the one. Was really, really good in this. He was great in Sicario. Uh, so I like hats off. A really good job on this one. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of watching these guys. It's just a good movie. Just a really good flick. Sounds good. All right, Livy, you're up. All right. So my shout out is uh, actually to a hotel. <laughs> it's a esports themed hotel in uh, Zhongli, and I believe that's in Taiwan. Um, so this whole hotel is centered around gamers, particularly gamer couples, um, and those participating in esports. <laughs> okay. Um, so basically, in every room, you have the uh, like most advanced uh, branded computers, all advanced graphic cards, sound systems, and they have the esports chairs in all the in all the rooms. Um, I don't think I'll ever be going to Taiwan anytime soon, but if I do, if anyone is. They need to stay here and then let us know what it's like. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. I thought that was a pretty good show. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. As usual, if you have any topics you want us to cover or want to be on the show, go to biomass.com and, and look up our contact information. We'll uh, be sure to help you out. With that being said, hope you have a good week. We'll see you next time. Thank you.